welcome to episode 43 of the Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Well, Tim, if someone had a crystal ball and could give you a picture of what lies ahead, I wonder, would you do it? Would you look? Would you see what was out in front of you? To see what decisions and actions would lead to impact and maybe even greatness for your organization? And what actions and decisions would take you in the opposite direction? Well, Tim and I don't have a crystal ball, uh, but we have been thinking a little bit and doing some research on common reasons why nonprofits fail. Maybe that is more of a backwards look, but there are people who actually study failed nonprofits and what led to their downfall. Tim, there's an interesting quote that we found. Uh, Actually, it's from the National Center on Charitable Statistics that approximately 30% of nonprofits fail to exist after 10 years. You know, I looked at that number. Is that, I don't know, is that shocking to us? Is that surprising? You know, I don't know. In some ways, I thought maybe it was higher, but that still is a lot of organizations that don't make it for 10 years. And, uh, and it makes me wonder why. We've seen a lot through COVID and some of the challenges, even in for-profit businesses that are no longer existing. But even outside of COVID, we've seen businesses and nonprofits kind of go to the wayside. Yeah. You know, d- during COVID, uh, during 20, tw- last half of 2020, early 2021, there was actually a lot of articles that were out about people that had been, you know, laid off or furloughed or whatever the right uh, word is. And, you know, they started off and launched their, their own nonprofit. And it, it got a lot of hype and a, a lot of, uh, of PR there that getting going, but now fast forward a year, 12, 18 months, whatever it is, I just, or a lot of those organizations, I wonder if they're, if they're still here or, or not, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, as you mentioned, there are a number of researchers who've been working on trying to answer the question, why nonprofits fail? Um, As I've been reading and looking at the research and thinking about it, I I came up with four uh, main main reasons. And these are, you know, the reasons are many and they're varied, but often have some common themes in it. But I wonder if today we can jump in and look at four reasons that nonprofits fail. And hopefully that will help you begin to take a look at where you are as an organization. The first reason that nonprofits fail is they are they have optimism, optimism without a plan. I will say optimism is a needed quality in nonprofit leadership. There are so many challenges, a lot of things happening. Having an optimistic attitude and willing to jump in and go forward is really important. But the job of a leader is also to deal in reality, to consider, you know, what will it take to go after this vision? You know, what relationships do I need? What resources, what legal advice and uh, systems and on and on to think it will just kind of happen and it'll all come together is is a stretch. Um, Steve Case, who was a founder of AOL, uh, America Online for some of you that are <laughs> younger. Uh, Got mail. <laughs> that's right. Um, and I've continued to follow him and love what he's doing in helping businesses get started today. But he quotes this, this line that says, vision without execution is hallucination. <laughs> so 
you know, you've got to be able to know what's going to take you from here to there. And so having optimism, but you also have to have a plan as well. And Nathan, I know you've worked with a lot of small nonprofits get started and, and oftentimes very optimistic, but often you see some weaknesses and challenges, right? Yeah, uh, this is, oh my gosh, this is several years ago and had a, a, a medical doctor um, come to me and had found out that that was some of the work that I did. And and he had he had this this dream and and it was a dream and it was i can't remember which country uh but it was the country that he was from and he wanted to make a difference in that country and start a medical clinic of of some type and and you know and that, and that's awesome uh, you know somebody who has a a very high skill and has been blessed by you know being here in america and and making a considerable amount of money and wanting to go back to his home country and make a difference there. That is, that is an awesome uh, uh, desire an awesome dream an awesome goal uh, that, you know, you, you want to support in some way. But as we sat down for the first time and, you know, I went through kind of my checklist of, okay, you know, how are you going to fundraise? How are you going to do the accounting? How are you going to do this? 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 And he had no clue. He had no, he was a, he was a medical doctor. He knew how to be a doctor. He didn't know how to run a nonprofit and he had already started, you know, trying to, to apply for his 501 C three and the state of Illinois. And he, and he was running into trouble with that. And, and it was like the, the applying for the 501c3 and the and the state uh you know registration that's the easy part anybody could do that and it was all of this other stuff and he just he just didn't have a clue and and you see this a lot with with startup of organizations which is you know obviously what we're talking about but they have a desire to make a difference in the world and that's as far as they've gotten yeah and and don't get us wrong i mean we're not against being optimistic and having a vision and going out and going after something where we see organizations have failed is they depend solely on optimism without thinking about, okay, what are the next steps and who do I need to connect? I mean, it was great that he recognized he needed some counsel. So he was coming to you to say, you've done this, you have it. And that's a, that's a good first step. If you're in this place Consider what it takes to fulfill your mission. You know, set some time aside and go, I'm really excited, enthusiastic. But what are some of the questions? And maybe that's the issue. What are the questions I'm going to need to answer to get us going in, in the right direction? The second one is poor organizational development. A lot of times when, you know, you're leading an organization, especially if you started or you get excited and things start to roll and you're answering some of those questions, um, sometimes you can depend too much on yourself and you haven't thought through um, how the organization is going to develop. So do you have clear purpose? Do you know what your values are? Do you Have you clearly determined how do you do business? Have you brought the right people into the process? And so it's not just getting started, but how do you continue to grow and develop? And, and how do you allow your organization to develop? There's a story um, of, of Peter Drucker, who was a great management thinker and guru and um, wrote until he was in his 90s, even. He was just very a wise person. 
But he talked about whenever an organization grows by 30%, its systems need to be completely reorganized. And, you know, it's like, oh, man, that just kind of blows, blows my mind. If you're a small organization, it doesn't take you doesn't take much to get to that 30 percent of, of growth, whether that's in the opportunities that are in front of you or the money that comes in or the people that you're managing. And so the thought is, how do I how do I help this organization to continue to develop? Because at some point you're going to you're going to go beyond your systems aren't going to be able to keep up with what you're with what you're doing. You know, one of the questions uh, that I talk with with um, with clients or and that we that we work with is I'll take their budget uh, and let's pick out a number. Let's say the budget's two hundred fifty thousand a year, and my question will be, um, what if uh, what if donor? Let's assume that a donor walks in and writes you out a million dollar check. How would you spend the money? Nine out of ten times there there is no answer to that question because they haven't spent any time thinking about it because it's just it's so far out of their frame of reference that they just have not spent any time with it but that is those are the type of things that you need to be doing you you need to be it's it, it's you know when you grow by 30% everything needs to be reorganized well often you have to reorganize to get to that next level, it's it, now it, it it can happen. You can have a donor that could come in and and write you uh you know thirty percent of your of your budget and and you know poof you made it. It does happen, but more likely the fact is that you have started to transition. You've changed some processes. You've you've made a difference in how you're staffing, and that gets you to that next level. Uh, but it's just it, it's a reminder that you constantly have got to be thinking out in front. You know, this is where I am, but to get to that next step, I've got to be thinking now on how I'm going to get there. And, you know, some of us are better at that aspect and others are not so much. You know, there's people who are really great with vision, but not always strong in systems. How does, how do we get to where we're going? And so that may be bringing people in, finding a volunteer, finding a board member, finding someone who has that kind of experience but you need to be thinking about that because if your if your systems and your development of your organization doesn't keep up, you will go away. You won't be able to survive. And you know it's kind of interesting, Tim. But just when you when you look at your personality and my personality, we are actually we make a pretty good team, and hopefully our podcast is at least a little interesting to listen to because we are actually on both sides of that. I, I tend to be a little bit more vision focused. Uh, a little less process focused doesn't mean I can't do it, but that's not my initial response. You tend to be a little bit more process focused, a little less vision focused. Doesn't mean you can't do vision because you can and you do it very well. But you that that's you know if you were going to default, you would default to more of the process side. And so you know as a as a leader, if you don't have somebody that can help you with that other side. That might be an area for you to look for somebody, whether it's a volunteer or a board member um, or even a mentor that can help you kind of think through that other side of where you naturally end up at. So to push through 10 years, you need to be able to have good organizational development, making sure your values are clear, making sure your mission is clear, there are clear roles, and you're moving forward with your systems. So giving some thought to that is really important. Third reason that organizations fail is because they refuse to innovate. 
Now, I got to say, we were talking about this ahead of time. The challenge is that things are changing so quickly and it's overwhelming trying to, to keep up. There's a, there's a really good book I read several years ago called Thank You for Being Late. And it really challenges this by, uh, by Friedman. It really challenges the changes that are going on in our world and how almost to the point that we've, we've gotten to that change is happening so quickly that we're not able to keep up with it. It's just overwhelming to us. Uh, and it's understandable. You know, people don't like to change. They're comfortable with, with where they are. They, you know, it's like, well, if I change, it means I've, I've done things wrong. I've been doing it wrong. So I don't want to change. I like where I'm at. And that's not the, that's not the, the conclusion. <laughs> the, the reality is that things are changing and we have to work to keep, keep up with it. So sometimes we say as a nonprofit leader, I don't need a new website or, you know, people can still give us, give us a check or, um, you know, why do, why do we have to use social media? You know, right. you, or, you put it right there. Or we don't, we don't need, you know, Slack or Monday morning or Asana or, you know, any of the 500 different, you know, options are out there for <clears throat> communicating amongst your team. And, and, you know, I'm, I, I can, I, I'm one, I don't mind change. Um, I, I don't want to do it just for the, just for the sake of change, but change doesn't really um, negatively impact me. I just, I just don't want to have to have another password, Tim. <laughs> I don't want to have to learn another, well, you know, I say software, but that kind of, that kind of shows my age. I'm not sure we have software anymore, do we, since it's all in the cloud, but you know, and if it's just you and, and you're running a solo shop, or maybe you got a couple of part-time staff or some volunteers, you got a small team. That's a little bit easier, uh, but take that same change to your board and say, okay, board, we are going to change. We are going to do this and, you know, start, start getting ready for some pushback on that. The bottom line here though, is if you don't innovate, you die, you become irrelevant and people will no longer pay attention to you and, and look to, to be a part of what you're, what you're doing. And that's just, that's just the bottom line, but you need to constantly, I think, be looking at, can we do this in a different way? Can we do this in a better way? What's going on around me? What's, what are, what's going on in this area? You know, we talk about a historical society, or if we talk about a food, you know, a food program or um, animal uh, shelter, all those kind of things. What's going on in my, in my arena, what's going on here with changes? Where do we need to, where do we need to look and, and update and do some things like that? And so, yeah. And I, I think Tim, and if you're, I don't have a magic number here. I'm going to say three uh, and maybe it's four, maybe it's two, but if you're doing something in your organization, exactly the same way you did it three years ago, maybe you ought to take a look at that and just see, I'm not saying it's not still valid. Maybe it is, but it's probably worth taking a look at. I think areas to consider is in communication. What are, what are the ways that you communicate? Are there are there new opportunities to get the information out about your organization? I think giving is another huge issue. For example, are you mobile? Can people give from their phone? Can people find out about you from their phone? That's the way we we live our lives. And so, how is that working with you? And even even just keeping up with technology, I understand as a as a small organization, there's cost involved. All those kind of things. you don't have to do everything. 
but you need to do something. You need to keep up with the trends. You need to keep up with what's what's going on in your your area. Don't do everything, but do something in in this in this area of innovation. So finally, the last the last point uh, reason that organizations oftentimes fail is the issue of mission creep, mission creep. And that's where you try to do too many things. You do things that are outside of your, of your mission. So some ways this happens is one is you're governed by the news. So whatever's, whatever's hot, whatever's happening in the news, it's like, oh yeah, we got to do something about that. So, so we start something or we work in that way. Or Sometimes we're driven by donors where donors say, you know, you should be doing this. Or you're driven by a board member who says, oh, I know Joe and we should, we should be doing that. Or um, this, I have to be honest, this is not me as much, but I have many friends who are this way. It's the squirrel mentality. It's like, oh, wow, there's a squirrel. Let's go for it. Um, Shiny object. Shiny object. That's right. And those things (laughs) take us away from the mission that, that we are we should be focused on. And when we do that, our resources get stretched too thin. We just can't do everything because our resources are are going into to so many things we don't we, it lessens our impact. We're redirected from our our core purpose. Why why did we start this organization? What was our what was our focus? What was our main our main deal? And our mission can become too complex when we get into mission creep. So we've got so many things going on. We just can't, can't keep it all together. Yeah. And this is actually the, the longer that you are running an organization or the, the older your organization becomes, the sooner or later, you're going to experience this. This is something that every, every nonprofit leader, even the big ones, and maybe even the bigger organizations have more of a tendency for this. I don't know, but it, it, it will become an issue. And this is where uh, strategic planning and, and having a strategic thinking through strategically, you know, what's our vision, what's our mission, what are our values, what are our core things that we're trying to achieve in the next three years. I mean, those that exercise is important because it it keeps you, it gives you a direction. We're we're going in this this direction, but it also just as importantly tells you where you're not going. And so that is a, a test that you can use to avoid mission creep to where, hey, that sounds great. And I mean, that the, we're not saying that doing this other thing is bad or that people it's not needed, but it's not what we do. And uh, and that's especially I'll tell you what, I've I had this experience in my own ex, my own history of of having some donors come up and say, hey, you're doing this. I really would like you to do this. I think you're the right people to do it here's the check to do it. And oh my gosh, that is really tough to, to say no to. Uh, but you've just, you've got to be really strong in your evaluation of, is this consistent with who we are and our vision, our mission and the direction we're going. And so using your mission and the vision as your, as filter is really a good opportunity. So as things get put in front of you, how does it fit with who, who we are called to, what we're called to do and how this organization works. That doesn't mean you do the same thing forever. And it could be that you need to, to change. Maybe that mission is finished or it's morphed in some way, but instead of adding, what are you going to subtract so you can do? And, uh, and it's just important that you don't get a million things going on and get, get you away 
from, from your purpose and from the mission that you had. These are four things that are really important. Uh, the idea is that you need more than optimism. Optimism is good, but you need to be able to be thinking about a plan. You need to think about your organizational development. How do you continue to move forward and grow and organize? You've got you've to innovate. Don't stop innovating and thinking about doing things differently as opportunities come. And also in your mission, mission creep, stay true to your mission and don't get pulled in too many different directions. Nathan, you said something as we were talking about this episode, and that was the idea that this could be overwhelming to think about, oh, I've got all these things to do. Um, what am I going to do with this information? But that being a leader is more than just doing stuff. You also need time to think. You want to you want to just mention a little more yeah. about that? You know, sometimes I I I listen to our you know conversations and and that turns into our our episodes. And we could do, we get done talking, and then I think to myself, "Oh my gosh, I need to, I I need to do that." Uh, and then I think, "When am I going to do that?" And so it, it is. I get it. Uh, you know, Tim and I are actively working in in organizations, and so I understand your pain, and I understand how you know having the time to sit down and and deal with you know, am I mission creeping, and where do I need to innovate, and and that is, it, it's difficult, but that said, you, you really need to take the time, whether it's a day or two days or whatever it is, you know, take a Friday, schedule it off, go, you know, go out of town, go to the coffee shop, a, a coffee shop where people don't know you. So they don't end up talking to people all day. <laughs> That's Tim's problem. Everybody knows him. So when he goes to work, he's got more conversations than work. That was kind of a joke, but, um, you know, get some time where you could go away and work on some of these things. Um, and and I think the a theme that comes back in a, a lot of the episodes that we talk about, Tim, it's it's being intentional. You you can't let these things. You can't let the tail wag the dog. And, and the same way with today's topic, if you can spend, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. If you could just spend, you know, a half an hour, an hour a month working through these things, you will see significant improvement in what you're doing. So just add some time into your calendar to, to sit down and process through these things and it will, it will pay dividends. Well, thank you so much for listening today. We always appreciate you showing up. And if you're benefiting from what you're hearing on this podcast, we would like to ask you to share the link with our podcast to someone who also might benefit. Encourage them to check it out. If you would like to get in touch with us, our contact information can be found in the show notes. That's all for today. Until next time.